Hey, hey, welcome to LDS Transitions. So, it's a beautiful fall day. The leaves have fallen. Well, a lot of them. Uh, it's uh, November 15th. Um, so, sorry for the crinkling. That is the leaves on the trail. But, uh, good morning. <laughs> or evening, right? Uh, so... This last weekend, uh, Midnight Mormons and RFM had quote-unquote a debate. Um, it was structured, uh, Sean McCraney did structure it, and uh, I don't know enough about debates as far as if it was considered a, a good format or not, but um, kind of went off topic and, you know... Um, the questions weren't necessarily all answered, uh, but uh, it was it was entertaining. Uh, Midnight Mormons show up with bulletproof vests on. Um, you can watch it from Sean McCraney's uh, YouTube channel. Uh, you can watch, go to Mormonism Live uh, from Mormon Discussions and. Uh, you should be able to find a YouTube link there as well. But uh, if you look up Midnight Mormons and RFM, more than likely you'll find a YouTube channel for it. Um, so it was, a, it was a mess, but it was good too. I think uh, RFM did a good job. Um, you know, there's a couple things where hindsight's 2020 and yeah I may have done this or I may have done that but you know they were being slanderous and you know a bit obnoxious and and rude uh, especially Kwaku. Um, Cardinus I think behaved himself for the most part um, but it is what it is uh, so it may be worth a listen or not. The reason I bring it up is um, a couple topics. One is, you know, Kwaku and them brought up, you know, how these chapels are being burned and they want to point everything to the ex-Mormons as if we're a unified group that's organized, that has an agenda. Um, and so anybody that may listen to this or, you know, strengthening the church committee, whatever you guys are, you know, generally people move on from Mormonism. And sure, they may check in here or there, but they're not greatly affected. Such as my podcast, they're becoming a little bit further and further apart, um, for the most part. Not that I'm of, hey, listen to me, um, I don't have an agenda. I'm not working with anyone. I'm not saying, hey, you know, come listen to so-and-so, you know, because it's important. I talk about things that are relative to myself. Um, I don't 
orchestrate anything. I'm not, hey, buddy, buddy, let's, uh, let's really go after this or that, right? Uh, I'm just trying to live my life and process things as they come up. Because uh, you can't just sweep it under the rug. That's what I grew up with is, hey, sweep it under the rug. We're going to pretend like everything's just fine. I grew up in a family where, you know, hey, we were the... We, we were the family with the best behaved kids and, you know, just sweet. And, you know, people would say, how'd your parents raise such wonderful kids? You know, and uh, we've all been through the temple. We've all gotten married. You know, we're just the cream of the crop, right? Um... And it's just a bunch of BS, and um, it's scrupulosity, it's, you know, I, we didn't have a perfect family. Um, in some ways, we were raised by fear, fear of doing wrong, fear of not making Heavenly Father happy, fear of dishonoring the family, fear of not doing what's right. You know, we'd get up and read our scriptures every morning. Sorry, it's a little windy. And, uh, you know, it's it good old time. And, uh, you know, um, I think one of the things that I found in my childhood is that I never knew who I was. I was always trying to figure out who am I? Where do I fit? You know, um, I always looked for validation from my older siblings. Yeah, as a middle child, <laughs> towards the tail end, but uh, I always looked for validation. I had quite a few sisters around me. I didn't have my older brothers around a lot, and uh, and they would keep me in line. They'd tell me what to do and give their opinion and, and whatnot. And I was a pretty, pretty easygoing kid, but uh, um, my one of my brothers uh, was quote unquote rebellious, and I don't understand the whole story. I was pretty young, but. Uh, he and my dad got into it, and there was this pushing, and police were called, and my brother may have hit my dad, I don't know, you know, it's, but my brother was basically kicked out of the house, and, um, I, I get that to a certain extent, but, um, it's interesting, because one of the thoughts were, you know, oh, I wonder if he's drinking now. Oh, I wonder if he's into this or that because, hey, he's not making good choices, you know. So I know one part of it is that my parents were uh, controlling me. I don't want my brother access to his bank account. You know, that's some shady crap. And that happened to me as well. Um, I was on my mission and I started buying a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, I was, I wasn't happy 
on the mission. I was under a lot of stress. And, you know, so I'd buy snacks and stuff. And it's like, um, and so my parents saw that and, and they cut off my card. <laughs> or it required two signatures to get me out. I'm just like, you know, really? Um, and it really ticked me off. Um, here I was an adult. And my dad was the primary signature. Previously, it was my mom, if I remember right. But then it was my dad. And he, uh, he went in and changed it. Because he was the primary. He could do whatever. You know, his, his account or their account. And so what I thought was mine really wasn't in their eyes. Um... I get it, you know, as, as parents, you want to try to help your kids and stuff, but there was no communication. It was just, you know, there was no, no communication. Um, but, uh, you know, and I don't, I've never asked either. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, it is, it is interesting. But, um, I digress, right? Um, oh, there's a deer. There's two. Um, there's been a, a, a doe and two fawns that have been close together a lot. Um, so they're getting their winter coats and whatnot. We've also seen a a two-point buck in here. Um, so it's kind of fun. But uh, so something that I want to share is that you know these midnight Mormons they want to put us all in one box. They want to put us all in one category, as if there's an agenda, and hey, you know, we're under Satan's control, and yada, yada, yada. But those that burn buildings are those that are in a traumatic state. They're not thinking right. They are acting as part of their brain. Um where reason and logic kind of goes out the door. They're in an emotional state that isn't healthy for them. They need help, right? And they want to blame the ex-Mormons for bringing them down the path where they're all of a sudden causing these issues with divorces and with this and that and people burning buildings and stuff and it really takes me off because it's just another example where the church doesn't own their stuff it's always the members fault or the ex-members or whatever it's never the leader's fault there's no ownership there's no accountability for the crap that happens in the church 
So let's uh, let's contemplate for a minute someone that's LGBTQ and they lose their family, they lose their friends. It's a bad mix where it's a very binary situation where the parents and family consider the individual as choosing to live a lifestyle, choosing to follow Satan, choosing to do an abominable act, and the family says, it would have been better off if you would have just died on your mission or something like that. Okay? Um, something like that, because those are real type of stories. All right, let's use that as an example. And then this person, and I'm not saying any LGBTQ person has burned any buildings. Okay, I'm just using that as an example. This person feels like they've lost everything. They may consider suicide. They may have attempted, okay? Everything, it's the end of, it's the, end of the world for them. They've lost community, they've lost church. They, f they don't know truth, okay? So they may not have heard any of these truth claims, but they're in this state where they're just in a lot of pain, all right? Could they possibly look at doing something terrible such as burning a building? Yeah. And that's not encouraged, and there's help. And the church is not providing the help, the soft landing that they need. They're not providing it in their teachings. You know, uh, President um, Nelson has talked about lazy learners. He's talked about, you know, not, well, not saying he necessarily, but others have talked about, don't go on the internet. Only look at approved sources. They've talked about, you know, and then you've got LGBTQ issues of the November 5th leaked policy, you know, that's quote-unquote revelation from uh, the September following where President Nelson said it was revelation and that all 15 in the uh, First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve, you know, really discussed the issues and prayed about it. Then three years later, you know, revelation again to change it. And talk about a whiplash. You know, people have left the church because of just the LGBTQ issues alone. Um, which they, you know, good on them. Be safe. Protect your children, protect your family members. But then there's family members that, where these LGBTQ individuals have lost everybody. They don't have someone to go to. They don't have a foundation to land softly. Holy cow, there's a deer staring right at me. <laughs> um, so I, I'm gonna pretend like I didn't see him and just turn around, but, uh, you know, just kind of cool. Um, but that's, uh, you know, they've lost everything. 
And so don't go and blame the ex-Mormons that are trying to find truth and integrity and trying to, you know, all of us go through this pain, you know? If it's painful because we don't want this change. We love the church. We love the truths that we thought we knew. And then we come out to find out that the narrative is all a freaking mixed bag where you can't tell heads up or heads down from truth and you dig and you dig and you dig um so my point is is that the church doesn't take any ownership um community of christ though the the reorganized church right they do talk about these issues they do give a soft landing space um let me give you a different analogy how many children or youth you know let's say that there's a 15 year old that still thinks that santa's real and then they come to find out that the whole world has lied to them do they go and burn down a mall right or do they realize they still have a soft landing place because hey your child just barely figured this out everybody else knows it and I know it's really hard for them and you're there helping them process it right um, so you don't see malls being burned down because something so dear as the Christmas story and Santa Claus and Rudolph and presents and going down chimney and the magic of presents in the morning this Christmas spirit all this stuff you don't see people being in a devastated way why because there's a soft landing place everybody realizes that you know hey this is a mythology that we love and cherish in our you know in our uh, in our culture right and it is what it is but yet there's no safe place for members that find out hard truths that is nothing new as church leaders have talked about these issues have been around for a long time they've been known church members or church leaders have admitted to that and they use that as a crux to say it's the members problem this is nothing new but because it's nothing new it shows that they choose not to provide a soft landing they are purposefully trying to inoculate people now right so that it is a softer landing but they're not being full of integrity and honesty they just give enough you know they don't go and share all the truths 
they just give enough where it causes a sense of oh we can't understand this and it's a hard question and we're not going to try to answer the tough questions never mind that we have prophets and apostles right so um so that's my thought someone that's heard that message or that may hear that message that may listen to this or may not part of my process and things is don't go and blame the ex-Mormons, don't go and blame the post-Mormons, don't go and blame those in faith crisis. Blame the church for not providing the soft landing. Now ex-Mormons, they're trying to. There's a big Thrive event this last weekend in Utah, and I hear it's just wonderful. There's online communities that help be there. There's people that are saying, hey, call me, you know, talk to me. It's going to be okay. Um, so it's going to be okay. Today's just one day. Just make the best of it. And the future may be unclear, but it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Take care of you.